0: Hey guys, Matt from Back Yourself Fitness here and welcome to another episode of the Back Yourself Podcast. Um, it's just me again this week. We had Sam on board last week. Um, good little chat with Sambo. We got to find out a little bit more about how his brain works and how he looks after himself. Um, back to me, like I said this week, we're going to do talk about a pretty big issue today. Um, but before we get to that, uh, just a reminder to jump onto backyourselffitness.com.au and you can get links to all our socials and our YouTube channel, so you can keep up to date with what we do at Back Yourself Fitness. But that is the shameless promotion done. Uh, moving on to the topic at hand today, pretty serious issue I want to talk about and it's a, an issue that a lot of people can relate to. Um, I'll I'll try my best to do it justice. Uh, we're going to talk about mental health and mental health issues. Um, must start by saying uh, I've had my down times and I've definitely had my stressful times, but I can honestly say I've never dealt with a major depression or anxiety. I I have dealt with uh, clients suffering from them, but um, personally haven't had to deal with major bouts of either of the two. Um, so everything I'm gonna talk about today is a combination of my personal experience, my experiences uh, with clients, the research that I've done, and my opinion. Um, I have to have to clarify that I am not, I'm not a qualified mental health professional, um, but I wanna talk about how we can positively affect how we feel by using a healthy lifestyle. Um, it's it's not going to be a fix it podcast, and it's not going to be a chat where you know I'm going to tell you what to do, and this is how you fix. And I don't want to I don't even want to use the word fix because I, I you can't really fix mental mental health. Um, we can adjust things, and we can make things a little bit better, um, and we can put a plan in place. So I'm not like I said, I'm not going to um. I'm not going to say this is what you need to do to to help your mental health. I'm going to highlight how your mental health can affect your exercise and your nutrition, uh, and I can. All, I'm also going to highlight how your um, exercise and nutrition help with your mental health. Okay, so if you know from the get go, I don't want to say. I don't put anything in the too hard basket when it comes to mental health. I know a lot of people who who are dealing with mental health issues be it stress or anxiety or depression or you know substance or whatever it may be. Don't don't put any um any options in the too hard basket. Um I want you to listen to things that I'm going to say with an open mind. Um and by all means if anyone has any feedback about anything that I say please let me know as i said i haven't personally dealt with any major bouts of mental health issues but if you have talk to me about it i'd, I'd love to know your opinion on this podcast essentially and um, i'd love to hear more from you and if you're a client of mine listening to this and you, you do suffer from mental health issues then please tell me if if you found this helpful or not and I'm not going to, as I said, I'm going to try my best to not come off, um, I guess, ignorant about the issues at hand. Um, but yeah, I just I just want to talk in a roundabout way and very much like other podcasts, I want to talk uh, in basically in questions and kind of have you ask questions of yourself. So don't just listen to it and go, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Try and take in what I'm saying and if you disagree with what I'm saying, then cool. Let me know and I can broaden my horizons and change my opinion if need be. And We can have a chat about it, but take it on board and if we can help out just one person who hears it, I've done my job. Um, Before we go any further, if you are currently suffering from depression or anxiety, stress or even just feeling a bit shit, please talk to someone, uh, a friend, a counselor, a hotline, a relative, a work colleague, your PT. Um, there's there's a heap, of, a heap of hotlines out there now. I know we here at Back Yourself Fitness, uh, we do Movember every year and we throw our support behind that. We raise some much-needed funds for men's, both physical and mental health. So, um, you know, there are different hotlines out there and whatnot, so just talk to someone. Don't keep it to yourself sharing it and trying to have other people help It'll it'll make the load easier. Um, I'll be open, open and honest throughout, um, and like I said, at no point am I trying to sound condescending or, or ignorant. Um, as as I said, my my aim is to help. Um, so if I can if I can help that one person, fucking sweet, I've done my job. Um, all right, what I've done is I've done a little bit of research and I've gone through and found some statistics that I didn't know before researching this topic and i just wanted to share some with people and yeah it kind of blew my mind some of the the mental illness stats that i'm going to go through so i'm going to go go through a couple of different areas just general mental illness and then we're going to look at you know we will talk about suicide and we will talk about depression and and stress and anxiety um these stats here that i've got the black dog institute institute so They've got a website you can jump on. They've got great um, information and you know little tips and tricks and different hotlines and the closest um, closest health practitioners near you that can help out with your situation. So, if you want to jump on and have a look at the Black Dog Institute, uh, their website it is pretty unreal for some of the stuff that I found. All right, so mental illness one in five Australians aged between 16 and 85 will experience a mental illness in any year. So that includes a depressive, uh, anxiety or substance abuse. So one in five between 16 and 85. Uh, 45%, almost half of Australians will experience a mental illness in their lifetime. So half, almost half the population will have to deal with a mental illness at some point and we need to... Need to know how to handle those and how we can c- control as much as possible. Um, the largest mental illness in Australia is anxiety. So, if you're an anxiety sufferer, you are in the largest portion of mental illness in Australia. And when I say when I keep saying mental illness, um, I, I'm not trying to sound derogatory and and not put you down, but I'm just using the terms that they were using so every time I say mental illness don't take it as a negative it's just I'm talking about the topic at hand uh, when we talk about suicide here suicide is the leading cause of death for Australians between 25 and 44 it is the second leading cause of death for young people aged 15 to 24 so for people to get to that point where they feel that that's the only option and it's the leading cause of death for Australians between 25 and 44, that's pretty fucking hectic. Uh, Australians are more likely to die by suicide than skin cancer. So if you think about how much we hear about slip, slop, slap as kids growing up, and you know as we get older, we hear more about get your moles and freckles checked, how much do you hear about suicide prevention, Um and that stat right there, that you're more likely to die from suicide than skin cancer. that was That's one of the ones that I could remember off the top of my head after doing this research, just because it, yeah, it knocked me back a little bit. Uh, men are at the greatest risk of suicide, but the least likely to seek help. So as I said before, at Back Yourself Fitness, we support and do Movember every year. We raise much needed funds for men's mental health. Um, guys out there, if I can have a chat to someone, hey, like it's it, as the well as the slogan goes, it ain't weak to speak. So if you're feeling like shit, whether it's over a beer or you just need to give someone a call or a text and be like, hey, dude, I'm not going okay, there is nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, that's what we want. Uh, in 2011, men accounted for 76% of deaths by suicide, but it's estimated that 72% of males don't seek help for mental disorders. So that ties in with the the stat just before. So big chunk of guys are are the um are responsible for the most suicide deaths, but almost exactly the same amount of people or same amount of guys will not seek help. Uh when we're talking depression, this is one of the other stats that I could just just remember off the top of my head because it was it was yeah, mind-blowing. The World Health Organization estimates that depression will be the number one health concern in both developed and developing nations by 2030. Number one health concern, and we're 10 and a half years away from that. That's crazy. Uh, Data from a 2010 Australian National Infant Feeding Survey shows that one in five mothers of children under the age of 24 months or less have been diagnosed with depression. So like I said about guys, just, you know, it's a f- you can talk about it. It's fine. Same with young mums or mums in general. Talk about it. It's all good. Talk to your mum. Talk to a relative. Talk to a friend. It's a text message. It's all you got to send. It's a phone call. Um, yeah, it's, like I said, I can't stress more. You just, you you got to talk. You got to talk about it. I'm not saying you have to seek professional help, but you just got to talk about it. you got to get it out. You hold it in, it's just going to hurt. Um, so there are a few stats I wanted to to rattle off. There'll be a few more stats throughout, but I just wanted to get them out of the way so you can kind of let that information sink in. And the more I read it, the more it's just like, fucking hell. Um, in each of my podcasts, I try and ask questions of either the listener or... Like last week when I had Sam on, I was asking him questions to find out more. Um, The question I come back to, well, one of the questions I come back to is how how are you going to fix your current situation? So if you are suffering from a mental health issue, how... How are you going to fix your current situation? Now, like I said at the start, it's very easy to go, I don't know, too hard basket. And you get in this very negative, you will like feel like you're in this very negative mindset. Um, I I ask that question because we need to think a little bit logically. Well, that, that's the way I see it. If we try and add a little bit of logic, we can ease things. I said the word fix there and when I said it, I didn't like the way it sounded. How can we make things easier for your current situation? Uh, when dealing with mental health issues, you're more inclined to throw in the towel and self-sabotage. So you're more likely to stay in bed, you comfort eating, being reclusive or abusing a substance and yeah, that might seem like the great idea at the time but unfortunately, that's, that's a band-aid fix and once that band-aid wears off, you also have that feeling of guilt on top of that. So if you go out and you're feeling like shit and you write yourself off, sure, it may help for that night. And you, okay, you might be a little bit dusty the next day, but you've also got that feeling of guilt as well. I see it a bit with people who are emotional eaters. That's the I, I just It's a comfort food, not eat. And then the guilt associated with that on top, and then it all starts again. I feel shit. Oh, I'm just going to eat this. Ah, oh, now I'm guilty because I ate that. Now I feel shit, and it's this very negative loop that we fall into, or people fall into. Um, you know, it's very easy to put a uh, put a new band aid on top of it, but a new band aid isn't going to fix the problem. It's just going to cover it. Um, doctors are more inclined to write you a prescription for antidepressants than actually sit down and talk out um, alternative measures. So I, I generalise a little bit in saying that, but some of the stats we're going to rip into about antidepressants um, it kind of backs up that statement. So I I believe I personally believe in some of the research I have here backs up the fact that you can positively change the way you feel just by changing your your lifestyle routines and focus a little bit more on your your eating and your exercise. So for me personally, I like I said, I've dealt with my shit times and how I dealt with them was I'm gonna, like I'll go for a run. I'll go I go for a run. I don't care what time of day it is, I'm going for a run. I just got to get out I'll put music in and I'll go for a run and I'll run it off. And when I'm running, I'm actually thinking about it as well and it's kind of digesting a little bit. But also, it, the exercise releases endorphins into the body, which we'll talk about, and you get to the end of your run or your workout or your walk or whatever and you go, okay, all right, cool. And you can kind of deal with it a little bit more logically than having an emotional response. Um, another stat here, there were 1.7 million people in Australia who had at least one prescription for antidepressant medications filled in 2011 and year by year that number keeps growing. So in 2011, almost 8% of the populate we'll call it 8% of the population was having at least one prescription of Anti-ah, uh, antiperpirants Jesus antidepressants filled on top of that the older your age bracket is the more likely you're used, you the more likely you are to use an antidepressant as a quote-unquote solution um, just quickly before I talk about that word solution um, one of the things I noticed about the antidepressant uh, research that i did one of the age brackets was 12 to 19 so there's kids aged 12 to 19 who are taking antidepressants and if you are listening to this and you were one of those kids or you know one of those kids i i really wish that wasn't the answer i wish wish i could have or someone could have helped you find an alternative um and I'm sorry you were in a situation where it felt like that was the, the, the course of action that was needed. Um, if it helped, great. But what I've seen with antidepressants, and this is relating directly to some of the clients that I train or have trained in the past, when you start taking antidepressants, the more you take them, the more you're going to need to do the same job. And let's ask us, let's be real. Let's ask ourselves a couple of questions here. Is it fixing your problem? Or is it is it putting a band-aid on? And if if you can honestly say it's fixing it, great, fantastic. But if you can honestly say, or if it's fixing it, then shouldn't you be able to stop taking them? But if it's not fixing it, you won't be able to stop taking them. Also on top of that, the more you take, the more you're going to have to take to do the same thing. So the question is, if it's not fixing it, what's the point of doing it? Then the next question on top of that is, is this how it's going to be for the rest of your life? And that's a question I've thrown. Some people are going to hear me say that and they're going to remember me asking them specifically that question course you're taking antidepressants this very second is that going to be the rest of your life or do you actually have a plan or is it oh i'll just i'm just no it's not going to be for the rest of my life i'm just going to take it for a little bit um it's a very dangerous area to get into if you just become dependent on on something um that is a chemical essentially um You know, and like I said, if it's not not fixing the problem, then it's probably not working, or it's probably not the best solution. I I know from personal experience, I've had clients say to me in the past, their biggest achievement in the gym, and it has nothing to do with how much weight they can push or how fast they can row. It's been when I first started with you, I was taking antidepressants, and then stopped taking them, and just relied purely on this and I haven't taken them again that's one of the greatest things you can hear and for them realizing that that realization of that antidepressants isn't the isn't necessarily the answer in fact there's easier things to do putting your shoes on and going for a walk every day can help Um, so before I go any further I just want to talk about I, I mentioned a word before guilt and when you are not in the greatest of mindsets, we go to that band-aid fix of uh, possibly being a recluse or you're taking a day off from training or not, going for, not taking the dog for a walk for a week or something like that. And you do that, like people do that because they don't feel up to it. And that's fine. But then the feeling associated with that is also guilt. So, not only do you have that feeling of not being on top of things, but you've now also got guilt on top of that. So, you've actually, believe it or not, if you're moving, you're going to feel better once you're done. And it's the same when you suffer from fatigue too. So, if you're a little bit fatigued and you start exercising, I guarantee you will feel better at the end of your workout as opposed to when you first started. Uh, studies show that there is a direct positive relationship between living a healthy lifestyle and feeling good about yourself. And that's pretty much the main reason why people train, isn't it? To feel good about yourself, feel good about the way you feel and how you look. Studies show that exercise can treat mild to moderate depression as effectively as antidepressant medication, but without the side effects. Study found that running 15 minutes a day or walking for 60 minutes a day reduces the risk of major depression by 26%. In addition to relieving depression symptoms, research also shows that maintaining an exercise schedule can prevent you from relapsing. So you can go hard for a week, but if you throw the towel in on that idea, you're gonna fall back into that hole you were in. It's got to be that. Li- I keep saying lifestyle. It's got to be that lifestyle change that'll be something that helps you keep ticking forward. Um, if you are suffering or know someone of suffering, uh, someone suffering from any mental health issues, you need to set tiny goals every day. Every day, set tiny goals. And I actually, mentioned this in one of the previous podcasts. Um, I like advising this across the board, regardless of how how you feel and. You've got to set tiny goals, you know. You don't sign up to the gym at an overweight status and then go, in four weeks' time, I want to run a marathon. It doesn't work like that. It's step by step. You've got to set these tiny goals that you can tick off. So if you are suffering or know of someone suffering, you've got to set those tiny little goals. Did you wake up and eat breakfast today? Tick, did you have a snack today? Tick, did you exercise today? Tick, did you take the dog for a walk? Tick. Just these, all these little things. And we can break it down to even smaller things. Did you have greens with lunch today? Did you eat everything on your plate today? Um, just, just tiny, tiny. You can And you can personalize it as much as you want. But when you get to the end, if you really want, you can physically write these out. At the end of the day, if you physically tick them off, You can look back and there's that sense of accomplishment going, oh, okay, look at what I actually achieved today. And it can mean absolutely nothing to anyone else. But to you, it's a huge step in the right direction. It's one day where you ticked off everything that you set out to do. And you know that everything you did was to help yourself, help you feel better about yourself. Another another little phrase that I say, and once again, there'll be a couple of people who hear this, um is you got to trust the process. I've stolen that from Joel Embiid from the Philly 76ers. Trust the process. It's not going to happen overnight. You've got to have faith in what we're doing and what you're doing for yourself. You got to trust that it's going to work and you got to stay focused. If you have a bad day, that's fine. We just got to lock it down and we got to tick these little things off. Like I said, each little goal, each little thing we tick off You know, if you actually write these down and you tick them off every day and you do that seven days a week, you have a full spreadsheet of your goals for the week. And imagine looking back and seeing everything ticked off. You go, holy fuck, that week was all about me and helping me move forward. With our exercise, it doesn't have to be, like I said, it doesn't have to be high-intensity training. Take the dog for a walk. Look at yoga, Pilates, boot camps, PT join at a gym and walk on a treadmill, run for 15, whatever the fuck, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be bullshit exercise. As long as you're moving, you're good. Uh, Many of us find it hard to motivate ourselves to exercise at the best of times, myself included. There's days where I don't feel like doing it. When you feel depressed or anxious or stressed or have, you know, other mental or emotional things going on, it can seem doubly, doubly difficult because not only do you not feel like exercising but you're also dealing with whatever it is you're dealing with Um, it leaves you in a bit of a catch-22 situation i don't want to you know i understand when people don't want to exercise because they're feeling down but like i said that word guilt it'll catch her, and it's that i didn't work out today fuck you know what's what's the or you know i didn't eat well today what's the point Fuck, I'm, you know, I can't even do anything for myself. And yeah, it's very, very negative mindset to fall into. And I've seen it. I see it every week. Um, You just need to find what works for you. Like I said, if it's taking a dog, take a dog, take a dog, pick any dog, take a dog. Take your dog for a walk every day. Throw your headphones in, go climb a mountain on the weekends or go for a run or... Follow along with a yoga workout on YouTube or something. You know, it doesn't... Ha- you can do it in the comfort of your own home. It's something... And this is what you got to keep telling yourself. And I've said it a few times as well. You're doing it for you. And I guarantee the guilt will get you more than the... In the Whatever it is you're dealing with. Um, when you're under that cloud of emotional... Emotional, I guess, down. Good English. Emotional, like... I don't know how, really how to really say... It. I don't want to say disorder, but the negative feelings about yourself and you haven't exercised for a long time. You know, Like I said, setting massive goals, you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot because your unachievable goals, you'll just go, fuck it, too hard. But if they're little things, you've got a much better chance of ticking them off. Uh, exercise is a powerful depression fighter. Most importantly, it promotes all kinds of changes in the brain. So like I said in a couple of podcasts before, The brain is a very powerful tool and how you approach your workout, whether you're struggling with something or not. If you approach it in a negative way, you're beaten already and the workout's going to be so much harder. If you go, this is for me, I don't care how hard it's going to be, I'm doing this for me, you'll be a little bit more determined. Uh, It changes chemicals in the brain as well. So... You get a little bit of neural growth. There's reduced inflammation and new activity patterns that promote feelings of calm and well-being. Uh, Like I said earlier, it releases the endorphins um, that energize your body and make you feel good. Uh, Also too, like I said before, when I was, like if I was struggling with something, I'd just punch out a run. That can give you a way to escape. Uh, Escape is the wrong word, but it gives you, freedom from feeling like shit because after a while you start focusing on whatever it is you're doing and you don't think about whatever it is going on it's almost a bit of an escape um, I I know when people come in to see me in the studio I know some people use it as their escape it's their time it's away from family and work and whatever other commitments they've got and that's totally cool that's fine that's great if we're helping like I said, that's great. Uh, I want to touch on anxiety now. Uh, exercise is a natural and effective anti-anxiety treatment. It relieves tension and stress and boosts physical and mental energy, as well as, like we spoke about, releases, releasing those endorphins. Anything that gets you moving can help, but you'll get bigger benefit if you pay attention to what you're doing instead of zoning out. So, if you focus, like I said, I'll just keep using running as an example or walking. If you focus on, you know, your walk or how far you're walking or how long you've been walking for, your brain's occupied with something else and you're not thinking about whatever it is that's going on. You're not thinking about your shit day at work or how many, even people who don't suffer from mental health issues, how many people have had a shit day at work, gone to the gym, and felt better, or gone for a walk with their dog and felt better, or walk with their partner, or whatever it is. Try to notice the little things. Like I said, it's the breeze hitting your face. It's pay attention just to what's going on around you. You know, like it occupy the brain with anything else. Uh, stress, hello, stress heads. That is me. Ever noticed how your body feels when you're under stress? And I see this a lot. People's shoulders go right up towards their ears. It's just I'm sitting so tense. Um, and it's pretty painful and you get headaches. And that, I see a lot of people kink their necks. I say a lot of people. I have seen people kink their necks because they're so wound up. And then you go to do like an upper body exercise and all of a sudden your muscles can't work the way you want them to. Um, exercising is awesome just to relax that feeling. So, it does, like I said, high intensity, probably not a great choice, but something that's just continuous and it's that little bit of escapism. You get to relax those muscles. Yoga is a great example, fucking perfect example. You get to just relax and focus on your breathing and all of a sudden you can just feel that little bit of de-stress. Um, rounding off on the, on the exercise portion, Exercise can greatly help your mental health. you got to throw yourself into it and like I've said one thing I, I I really stress for for people to remember and it's regardless of whether you're suffering from mental health issues or not you're doing this for you. Don't sell yourself short and set those little goals you know what I mean like it's as, it's as easy as if you need to keep yourself in check. It's as easy as, you know, you're going to hear this again. As soon as you wake up, put your shoes and socks on. It'll look ridiculous, but no one will see it. And if you've got your shoes and socks on, you're going for a run. If you're sitting around there, like I've heard people say this before, if you're sitting around the house in like your tights or your shorts or in your gym gear or whatever, but you don't have your shoes on, guess what? You're still not committed to going anywhere because your shoes aren't on yet. Once your shoes go on, you're going, okay? So if it's as simple as waking up, putting your shoes on, do it. Because guess what? You're doing it for you. And that's the most important thing. Uh, looking at a little bit of eating stuff before I, I'm not, I don't want to say run home, but before I start to wind down and free, free flow, I guess. Um, eating well, e.g., Eating a well-balanced diet with veggies and nutrients—nutrients nutrients is a good word—may be associated with feelings of well-being. 2014 study found that high levels of well-being were reported by individuals who ate more fruit and vegetables. So, fucking, we've all heard at least one of our parents say, "Eat your greens." There's besides eating the greens. There's a reason to it. It like it's good for your body. It's good for your brain. A recent study also showed that Mediterranean-style diet, so high veg, fruits, legumes, nuts, beans, cereals, grains, fish is a big one. Unsaturated fats, um, supplemented with like fish oil, uh, led to a reduction in depression amongst participants, which was sustained six months after the intervention. So, essentially, if you're eating healthy, you got a better chance at being on the ball and taking steps to, once again, I'm not going to say fix, but taking steps to ease or change the way you feel. The importance of a good nutrition nutritional intake at an early age is explored in multiple studies, uh, including a systematic review in 2014, which found that a poor diet with high levels of saturated fat Refined carbs and processed food is linked to poorer mental health in children and adolescents. And if we keep going down that path, if you're eating like shit, your body's not going to be the way you want to be, and then guess what? You start feeling bad about yourself, and then that guilt starts creeping in. Guilt is a word that I've spoken about a fair chunk now, um, and it is... It's the other blade on the two-edged sword. So they're not feeling so great. And then what the other side is guilt. Guilt, regardless of whether you are dealing with mental health issues or not, is a killer. Guilt is a killer. Okay, so I know personally I would much rather grip my teeth and let's say, once again, let's say go for a run. Or go for a walk. Even though I may not want to, I'm going to feel better at the end of it and I'm not going to feel guilty after it. If you do have a slip up and you do, let's say, emotionally eat and you feel guilty, that's fine. That's totally normal. The thing we need to be mindful of is going back into that negative loop. So like I say to my clients, if you do have a blowout, the question needs to be, what are you going to do to fix that? What steps are you going to take to, I guess, balance out what happened on the weekend? Okay. Um, research that I've done, like like I said, was pretty mind blowing stuff, but I want to simplify. And when I simplify, I'm not playing down the the effect that mental health issues play. But I, I like to I like to think in simple simple questions in simple terms because if you overcomplicate things regardless of what they are you're going to get confused and you're going to be overwhelmed. So let's simplify. Question is very sim- first question or main question I should say is very simple. Why? Why are you feeling the way you do? And like legitimately. Write out those reasons. Now, only you—if you—if you are suffering—only you will have the answer to those questions. So, I can't give you those answers. Someone else can't give you those answers. Only you can give yourself the answer to that question: Why do you feel the way you do? And just because I do is not an answer. There's there's got to be a reason. If you just need if you need to sit. And really think it out like why or what? what is contributing to making you feel the way you do. So li- literally write them out. If you can write them out and look at them, you can process them. The next question I have, we've got our why. We need to move into our what. What's the plan? And that sounds very dismissive. What's the plan? What are you going to do about it? No, what I mean is, what changes can you make in your lifestyle that'll help alleviate some of those negative feelings? Not fix, but alleviate some of those negative feelings. If you're putting yourself under, we'll take stress. If you're putting yourself under ridiculous amounts of stress, or you are under ridiculous amounts of stress, sure, everyone will have their stressful times, but we need to ask ourselves, if I don't do this task today, will it still be there tomorrow for me to do? Or if you don't live up to the expectations you're setting yourself, is it a failure? Or do you are you setting yourself too high a standard? So what can we change? And it's generally a few things that pop into my mind, straight off the top of my head. Mindset's a big one. Just that little bit of positive thinking or goal oriented thinking. It could be your environment. It could be your relationships. It could be your sleeping pattern. Sleep's a big thing I haven't even spoken about. Sleep affects how you feel, obviously, if you're running yourself into the ground. We need to think, like we literally just need to step it out. What can you do in your power at the moment? What can you do that'll help you release some of that tension? That's not a band-aid fix. Not going out and getting spastic on the weekend, um, not shutting yourself in a room away from the world. That's 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 not a fix. That that's not helping. That's a band aid. Uh, we've created a plan, and this plan will take time. Trust the process. It's not going You're not gonna run your marathon in four weeks. You've got to put the work in. Very very. You're not gonna be the fittest human on earth. Two weeks after you sign up at a gym. You're not gonna be a dietitian after having one healthy meal. It takes time. And you gotta respect the process too. You gotta earn it, I guess, is a good way to say it. You you gotta know how much work gets put into how you feel, how you look, what you eat. It's you gotta you gotta respect how much you actually how much is required and staying focused and committed. There's two words I threw out a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, my last question is how. We have our why. Why why are you feeling the way you do or what, what's contributing to making you feel the way you do? We have our what can we do. Now, how? How are you going to implement those things? Let's take someone with a, an, a negative family environment. You're not going to be like, well, see us. Well, you might, but that you just straight up leaving isn't going to fix anything. Talking to people, like I said from the very top, having an open discussion with people and letting them know how you feel and that you need help. There's no shame and there's no negativity in asking for help. You've got to put into practice these little things that will make life a little bit easier. And if it does feel a little bit awkward, what's what's more important? Feeling awkward or day after day feeling like shit? Um like I said earlier, how can we make these changes? If it's as simple as putting your shoes on as soon, shoes and socks on as soon as your alarm goes off, then do it. If it's making your lunch the night before so you know you've got a healthy meal ready to go so you're not going to skip a meal or you're not going to go eat unhealthy quote-unquote stuff is it as black and white as writing out a healthy to-do list for the day like i said earlier and ticking off every meal and every workout as you go there's me as a list person there's nothing more satisfying than seeing a done to-do list and if you're working and that's just fucking around the house stuff put washing on empty dishwasher cooked food, whatever it is. If you can sit back at the end of a week and see how much you've ticked off towards making yourself a healthier version of you, that's massive. That's so rewarding. As I mentioned earlier, your mindset mindset can never shift to a what's the point. You will have shit days. You will have your struggles with it. You'll have times where you think it's too hard. Uh, in the long run, it will be better better for you to stay committed and focused or do you think completely shutting down will be a better option i think staying committed and focused on making yourself a better you feel for you is a much better option um there's a few areas i've moved in in this in this chat and like i said i wanted to make it research based and, and talk from my opinion and my experience, and how I've dealt with clients who are suffering in the past, um, if like I said at the very top, if you disagree or you need help, talk to me. Let me know. I'd love to hear your side, and if I can help out, I'm not trying. Like I said, I'm not trying to downplay any of these issues. Not at all. If you simplify these things or simplify different aspects, I'm hoping it's a little bit easier to get our head around and I know some people will go, well, it's very easy for you to say that but X, Y, Z and that's fine. It's the little changes. Like I said, you're not going to run your marathon in four weeks. It could be as little as taking 15 minutes of quiet time when you get home before you talk to anyone else in the house just so you can kind of have a little de-stress, whatever, just the tiniest little things. They will make these changes and then all these little tiny things will add up, and boom! All of a sudden, you're there running your marathon, your mental marathon, shall we say? Um, I hope some of the stuff that I have suggested or touched on has struck a chord with a couple of people. Uh, like I said, I'd love to, I'd love to hear from people with their feedback. You know, if you think I don't know what I'm talking about, cool. Tell me, teach me. I wanna help. I wanna know more. Um, as I said from the top, if you are struggling, it ain't weak to speak. Talk to someone, talk to anyone. Talk to me. If you need any of our details, they're on the website, they're on our Facebook. That's fine. I'm here to help, we are here to help. Um you know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna close out with my little catchphrase thing again. But it's never been more true. You're doing everything for you. And that's how you got to think. When it comes to physical health or mental health, you've got to do things for you. How are you going to help out in your current situation? Be it, is it training? Is it eating? Is it little things that make your mental health a little bit better? On top of that, you've definitely, you've just got to do it. You've got to back yourself. All right. Good episode, everyone. I will see you next week. See yeah.